PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespo Diso. Hey, Crespo Diso listeners and Florida residents, time to go to StreamlineFlorida.com and see about getting a new home equity loan or refinancing your current loan. Guys, loan interest rates are at historically low levels. Take advantage today. Go to StreamlineFlorida.com to get the process started online or call them at 407-898-4477. You can even email the president, Brian Zymel himself, B-Zymel, B-Z-I-M-E-L at StreamlineFlorida.com and ask them about how they can help you get better rates, lower payments, pay off your loan quicker. What do you want to do? Streamline Florida can help you do it. They are A-plus rated at the Better Business Bureau. They are highly recommended by many people. They have so many great testimonials out there. Peter Von Taborski at Scotch Good Conversation and Dee Dee Von Taborski from Dinner and Good Conversation both used their services. Both super happy with Streamline Mortgage Solutions. Find out what they can do for you. Contact them today. Let them know Cinema Crespediso sent you. Gentlemen? Question mark? Question mark? Are you gentle? Are you a man? What's the opposite of a gentleman? A mean baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Girls and mean babies, welcome to... Yeah, that's the opposite of a man is a baby. You can be a baby man, right? And you can also be a baby baby. Imagine a little baby man who like works the oil, <laughs> oil derricks. Got callous hands, little tiny baby callous hands. <laughs> really, man. Sooty, you, a really sooty baby. Does he even need a hard hat if he's got such a soft skull? I mean, he'll come right back. Honestly, he probably needs two hard hats. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, gotta fall of a beam on his soft little head. It's not gonna break. It's just gonna. They're good for you. Put the you put the oil babies in the in the buckets as you lower them into. This is what they used to do back in the day. Lower <laughs> the oil them down. Babies. The oil baby. Oil the oil baby. Hey. <laughs> Get the oil baby. Bring the oil baby out, lower it down into the well, and it, the baby will put its fingers in there. Like, okay, we know there's oil down there. Pull yeah, back yeah. up. Baby comes back. We got 24 inches of dark stuff. Yeah, we're good. We got two feet of go juice down here. <laughs> Thanks, oil baby. You've done your job. Or frail oil man living in a boat in darkness. Yeah, it's a thing. It's like, how do you, <laughs> what's the difference at that point? It could be an oil baby. It could be an old frail oil man. Um, this episode brought to you by Exxon. <laughs> <laughs> the Valdez. The Valdez with its oil its oil baby captain. <coughs> See, they promoted their oil baby the captain. That was a big yeah. mistake. Big mistake. Yeah. Never promote oil baby the captain. 
that's the, the the moral of this episode is never promote. No one puts baby in a corner. No one promotes oil baby, the captain. Okay. Gotcha. These are important life lessons that only we can bring you. <laughs> uh, okay. So <clears throat> this is episode 413. Four minus one equals three. This episode makes mathematics sense. We, <laughs> we couldn't not do it. It had to happen. So here we are. We're talking about it. David Fincher's newest movie, Mank. Which is his first film since Gone Girl, mm-hmm. all the way back in 2015. Good golly. So many years between David Fincher movies. He's, yeah. He's been making movies since 1993, and he only has 10 or 11 of them. There's a S- Slow, methodical. Slow, methodical. There's a point where Takeshi, Takashi Miyake made 11 movies in three years. Yeah. Well, he's, no, they he's crazy. Now they were in good movies. <laughs> maybe one of them was, oh, this one's a good one. <clears throat> well, maybe this one had mostly good. Right. What, Mank? Or, or well, good? no. Miyake's. Oh, Miyake. Miyake's yeah, yeah. movies are mostly good. Imagine Miyake's Mank. It'd be like, it's about the making of a movie, but also there's a guy wearing a cow's head. <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. Just for no reason. And, and, there's, a, and there's a stumpy in the corner. And there's a stumpy. <laughs> Mank's uh, personal system would be a stumpy. Yeah, you're probably right. Maybe Mank needed more stumpies. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Drew Stokogren. Uh Ahead of Mank, I guess I can talk about it as part of my media diet overall. I, I rewatched. Citizen Kane mm-hmm. on HBO Max. Hadn't watched it since college. And I think now being older, I actually appreciated more what the movie was doing, what it was saying, etc. And it is interesting to watch that and then watch Mank pretty shortly thereafter. I watch it the next day. The cinematography similarities, how much yeah. all the shots of uh, like a group of men in a room, yeah. but you can't see their faces because they're all in like a uh, black shadow. Yeah, that's it's, straight up. It's all old timey. Like it's, it's all old timey. It's just a modern for a, a modern make of that style. Yes, of uh, film. Even going so far as to get Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and be like, now you're not allowed to do any of your bleeps and your bloops, yeah. and, and you must just make I mean, it score. Dude, it, it took me a while to uh, just for my ears to get used to the audio because it was very echoey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the way they made movies back then. So they like wanted, it was a period piece. They wanted so. to recreate the, the yeah. actual sound of it. Yeah, and it is a type of thing where it takes a minute to get used to. Yeah. It, I guess, but. Um, how'd you feel about the movie? When I, was I mean, Gary Oldman was great. He's great. He's Gary Fucking Oldman. Fan. He's fast. He's playing a remorseful drunk. I mean, come on. What more could you ask for oh. as an actor? I mean, uh, I'm not really a fan of Lily Collins, but she was. I, yeah, I, she's I, fine. I mean, she looked the part. Mm-hmm. She was more like. She looked like she came from that era. From that and, time period. And acted not very well like people from that era. What did I just watch that she was also in? Was it the other thing? No. Uh, yes, Lily Collins and um, Charles Dance as William Randolph Hearst. Uh, yeah. Playing it all very stoic and yeah. uh, stately. Great casting, if that's what you're going for. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe Charles Dance is like yeah. the most powerful guy in the room. Yeah. That type of thing. 100%. Gorgeous to look at. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's black and white. It's, yeah. Black and white shot amazingly. The lighting is all perfect. Yeah. Right? So it looks great. And it's and that must have been even more difficult because they were shooting in black and white. That's true. It is a different set of skills to, to film in that gray scale. Uh, interesting how that works. Yeah, you have to account for different colors. Like, well, I want my blood. My blood has to be brown, so it looks proper. In the, <laughs> you know, Superman has to wear a, a green outfit now, so it looks like the right shade. Mm-hmm. Of gray, it's so strange. The 
story itself about Mankiewicz, Mankiewicz, Mink, uh, in bed with a broken leg, trying to write Citizen Kane over the course of 60 days and cutting back to him, like getting the job, researching it, talking to people and just being a louse, a louse about town for Mm -hmm. the most part. It's pretty much two hours of, isn't this guy a real rapscallion of a dude? Yeah. He's a lush. He's a lush. He's, uh, I mean, he keeps asking his wife why she stays with him, and I, I can't think of a reason why to. Yeah, why did, why did poor Sarah stay? No idea. At some point, she had to be like, yeah. stop calling me. Like, Lady, get out of it. Um, the whole uh, the whole thing where it happens a couple times where he always, he, he's almost like Larry David style saying the wrong thing, making the wrong comment. Yeah. And then someone in the room is experiencing something that's like, oh, you should have said that now. Why do <laughs> you say that now of all times, yeah. right? And then. Why? Because his, he was Herman Mankiewicz and his dialogue in this movie was written immaculately. Apparently. <laughs> so it was, it's interesting. I I didn't love it right off the bat because it's like, do I really care? I mean, about this guy as like a movie as a whole. Mm. Like, it's not really. I'm not really into like the old Hollywood stuff. Right, I, it's I, a movie for people who like old Hollywood. I'm not really into the style. Sure. Um, but I mean, fucking Gary Oldman did it for me. Gary Oldman's great. Like, I pro- stylistically, I mean, I think it looks great. But it's like, yeah, a, who is this for? Yeah, old people. <laughs> I mean, maybe we're old. Maybe it was just Fincher paying an homage to his influences. You know, maybe he was doing one of those things. Sort of, yeah, influences of his because he's influenced by like Pacula and the '70s guys, who themselves were directly influenced by the stuff from the '40s. So, I mean, I get it. He's he knows his history. Yeah. His dad wrote the screenplay. Yeah. So I I get it. I get why he did it, but it's not. It's not that exciting. Most no. most of his movies have something, some sort of mystery. Yeah. You know, the game, Fight Club, uh, Panic Room even has more of a, an immediate sell mm-hmm. than than this movie does. But would I be more apt to rewatch this in the future than Panic Room, though? That's I mean, it's just... It, it's Panic a, Room gets one of his lesser films. For, for me, it's a different side of Fincher. It, it is. It's him not being so... Dark and fucking brooding and weird, and I mean that's what yeah. I, that's really what I love about him. Yeah. But at the same time, it's good to see that you know he can. He has other speeds. He 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 has it in him as an artist and a filmmaker to do something very much not him. And he and he's only done it with um, curious case of Benjamin Button is very much that other side of him we don't see in movies and a little bit of. Um, What's the other one? I was just thinking of it. It was just in my brain. And now it's coming. I mean, is it is it in my list of top Fincher movies? No. no. But as a fan of Fincher, it is. I mean, it, it's, it's still it's still better than like most over seventy percent of the movies I saw this year. Oh yeah, it's definitely better. Than most. <laughs> it's better, it's bef- definitely like the best straight to streaming movie. It's yeah. like this, and then fucking Palm Springs. You know? <laughs> exactly. it's, it's a pretty yeah. big gap as of now. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, apologies to Spike Leaf. I love the Five Bloods. Oh, yeah, the Five Bloods, too. So there's the fact that, yes, it, maybe it's uh, almost like an oasis in a desert. Oh, we got a David Fincher movie in a year where we really need movies. No. But then also it's like, yeah, I would rather rewatch. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather rewatch Zodiac again. 
for the for the hundredth time. You know, I, mm-hmm. there's certain movies that are just like, damn, this is. Uh, uh, it keeps. What's the one? So we did Zodiac before Zodiac was Panic Room. After that was Kurosaki Benjamin Button, Girl the Dragon Tattoo. That's got to be all the way down at the bottom. Right. I mean, as I mean, it's good, but it's, it's just, also like the story is so uh, It's so it, it's just it is very weird, it's like so be, pulpy. Well, no, it's just because it's not a contained story. It's part, it's, it's, it's part of a trilogy that never got finished. Exactly. Yeah. So, like it being on its own, it's it's strange because you can, yeah. you're not getting the rest of it. It's like like I can't recommend it. it it's it's a lot like Carnival. Where I can't necessarily recommend, like, I, there are it's parts gonna, of it that are fucking amazing. But then it's going to end in a way it's but, like, well, I'm not yeah. going to get nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I can't, I, yeah. It's just like, it's just not, there's no, sorry, there's no. So it has that going against it. Yeah. Bottom of the barrel, bottom, script bottom of the barrel, Alien 3, That Panic Room, uh, Benjamin Button, then Gone Girl. I'm going up. I'm going up the Fincher no. scale. And then when you get closer to the top, that's where you get your games, Fight Club 7s. Yeah. Um, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a run. That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a three. Fight Club was a commercial failure. Those but were when you look back on yeah. it, it's like whoa. Those were, God, those movies were so dark. That's a, hell of a, that's a hell of a run. And then of course you got Zodiac up at the top there. Yeah. And um, well, as the reigning king of probably all Fincher movies for me, of all Fincher movies, of maybe all serial killer <laughs> movies, of uh, of just it's in the running for top ten of the twenty first century for crying out loud. Underrated gem. Still, people love it. Underrated. Also, didn't make that much money box office. Like, a real bummer. 50, 60 million. Real bummer. That's why he's making yeah, Netflix movies Z- now. Zodiac is in those, that upper echelon of, like, film for me. It's, yes, you know? It's, it's film. Like, like, some sometimes it hovers in that Mad Max Fury Road space for a little while. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. Rarefied air up there is yeah. what that is. Uh Maybe over time, Mank will be the thing where it, it, it grows in stature. Maybe, oh, the social network is the one that I keep forgetting. Yeah. The one that it doesn't have inherently the the dark, mysterious hook of so many of his films. The murder yeah. and the mystery and the dop- whatever. Uh, but it is made it's, it's so fascinating. It's still, <laughs> yeah, it's still like, whoa, this story is great. And leading up to the social network, I was like, I'm not, I don't care about the Facebook Jesse Eisenberg, guys. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, not even, not even that. I was just like, the Facebook guys, who gives a shit? But it's David Fincher. But it's, it's David Fincher, it's Aaron Sorkin, and you're like, whoa, this is um, again maybe also in yeah. the running for best films of the 21st century. Yeah. I mean, uh, pretty wild. So then Mank doesn't seem to have that same propulsion and then it's like what what's what's grabbing me by this movie? And as no, I was watching the whole time watch the movie, the thing that's grabbing me by it is it's Gary David, Oldman. Well that well, and it's David Fincher. Yeah, yeah. It's a David Fincher movie. Yeah. The story yeah. itself really isn't pulling me in. I mean I was like I liked it. I just enjoyed watching Gary Oldman. Yeah, he's great. And uh, Amanda Seyfried is yeah. very good. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean just great. Great yeah. casting overall. Interesting film, Mank. I mean it's Fincher, so it's better than most the things it's, that are out there. It's new Fincher. It's 2020. It's new Fincher. It's weird. It's a weird thing. It is. <laughs> but it's here, and we got it. Uh, he, he also signed like a four-year deal with Netflix. So Well, so he may do one more movie? <laughs> yeah, at his rate. <laughs> he, yeah, he has, he's like a four-year deal. He's yeah. like, okay, so I only have to make like maybe a movie, maybe two. Exactly. Right. <laughs> no, all that time. Uh he has been doing press to promote this movie lately, and then that deal came out, so he's been talking about that kind of stuff. And he has said that, uh, depending on how well Mank does for Netflix, either he's going to like 
be like, yeah, give me more money to make whatever I want. Or he's going to be like, <laughs> what do you need? A Transformers? What do, you, what, do you, what do you need right now? I can. How can I help you? What? What? How can I make amends? David Fincher's Transformers? Ooh. Or something, right? <laughs> and he also said that it, he does feel it's a little, he is a little, I don't know if disappointed is the right word, but the fact that he's only made a certain number of movies in his whole career so far, he feels like I should have been a little more, I should be a little more proactive, more yeah. with my output. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if that actually changes or not. Yeah. We should give uh, David Fincher the Transformers G.I. Joe comic, the World War II one. There we go. Mm. The one that's dark. <laughs> I love that one. Fucked up. Like just shoot it really dark. You'll love it. Uh <laughs> It could be like Terrence Malick, where he made three movies over the course of like 30 years, and then he made five movies over seven <laughs> years all of a sudden, and they're all like three hours long. Okay, so Mank's getting thumbs up from us. Yeah, not, definitely. That's uh, good. Like, good. We like it. Uh, we're, we're not crazy gaga for it, but we also think that's relative to your love of real, like, old, classic, timey. 30s, 40s Hollywood. Mm-hmm. No, do you give a shit about that? I sort of do in like a historical context. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I rewatched Citizen Kane. And I was like, yeah, this movie's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's on a fine scale, modern modern fine scale. It's, it's good. It's good. I get it. Uh, oh, oh, I mean, it is fun to see. One of the most interesting things about it, especially coming from 41, is the Orson Welles makeup. How he plays the character from the ages of 25 to like whatever his death. Yeah. And for the most part, the makeup on him is great. It's really astounding. Uh, There's only like one scene I could think of where you could see like the line where they put on the wig and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And this guy, the guy who plays Wells. So apparently, the dude who does the voice of Orson Wells for Pinky and the Brain. Ah, okay. right. Who does yeah. the brain, yeah. which is just an Orson Welles voice, and like whenever they need any sort of Orson Welles stuff in cartoons over the years, they've gotten they've gone like to him. him. Yeah. He's got I forgot his name, Marcel. He's got like a Frenchy name. They asked him to record some stuff so that this actor could listen to it and use that as his. Yeah. Not even don't even copy Orson Welles. Copy the this copy. guy yeah. doing Orson <laughs> Welles. Copy the copy. Copy the copy. And uh, yeah, the guy did a really good job. Yeah, it did. Yeah, the Ocean Wells voice is he was really, yeah, especially when it was over the phone. Sometimes it was like, man, it's Orson. It's like, what? You're like, you're like, whoa, you're surrounding me right now, Orson Wells. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a voice that guy had. Great for radio, the War of the Worlds, all that mm-hmm. shit. You knew what he was doing, man. That's good stuff. See it on Netflix, correct? Uh, Amazon Studios released on Amazon Prime Sound of Metal mm-hmm. starring Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cook. Riz Ahmed uh, most popularly probably right now from Rogue One. Is that his biggest I movie? I mean, that was his probably most widely viewed movie. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. most eyeballs on him would have been yeah, Rogue but, One. That was I a mean, decent sized role. After for him. that came out, he did that uh, that HBO miniseries the night before. Night before, night of. The night of. Yes, whatever. Which I, I didn't watch. You watched. I it. watched it. You watched and, it. and I was like, this motherfucker's got chops. Yeah, he's Let's good. see what he does with his career. He's good. He's good. It helps that he got to do. Was, was that mostly a two hander with him and Totoro? Yeah, that's a hell of a scene partner to have. Totoro was great. Um, well, he's in this playing a heroin addict, recovering a- addict. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say ex-addict. I mean, well, we, you're, we, never, you're never an ex-addict. You're well, always, that's the thing. You have to acknowledge yeah. Joe is an addict. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. He doesn't relapse in the movie, though. 
Technically, so, yeah, right. His addictions—that's the thing with addicts, right? Yeah. So you you move your addictions around. Uh, it was drugs for him for a long time, and then now, obviously, when we pick up with him, he says he hasn't done anything in four years. So his addictions are his girlfriend, yeah, no, uh, his lifestyle, yep, and uh, I guess that's really it. That's what he wants. That's yeah. the thing that's getting him through mm-hmm. life. So he's a drummer in a in a two piece. Uh, I just how would you describe him? Uh, I, I was mean, thinking, I guess prog metal, maybe. You're thinking prog metal? I think it was a little too uh, not technical enough for prog. Okay, a little more yeah. sludgy, sludge noise. Well, I mean, it's only a two piece, so yeah, you can exactly. only do so much with a two piece. It's a drummer and a girl who's playing a stringed instrument and singing. Yeah, I pretty it's a guitar because there's no bass in the no. music. Because on the second song they were doing, I was like, this could use some. <laughs> A little bit of bass in there. Okay, I'm here. Let me do some bass signs for you. No, we're good. George, thanks. You can fuck off, man. Round to the Beatles. Yeah. The, yeah, I was like, do I like this music? I no. I don't think I like this music. No, I don't. I, I, love, I didn't like the music. I love metal. I like it yep. experimental. Mm-hmm. I was like, this music kind of sucks. No, yeah, it's music. the music wasn't my cup of tea. So then what That's happened? Fine. So what happens is there's scenes where they're playing and people are like, woo, and they're really into it. I'm like, I don't buy this. Yeah, I don't buy no. that people like this. And then later people, I he's looking just, her up on the internet and people are like, oh shit, she's in France. I got to see yeah. her. And, and then she's like, doing nobody cares. And she's doing some more like experimental yeah. shit, even more experimental. Yeah, where it's just her on the floor with a bunch of sound boxes. With a bunch of pedals. i like, this is... No, <laughs> no, no, not my thing. Definitely yeah. not. Not my but that's scene. What, I maybe. mean, what I always do when I either don't like a song or don't like the type of music being played, normally I just put my eyes on the drummer and I just watch them because a lot of the time, at least they're talented. Yeah, that's true. So drummers always fun to watch. Yeah. So at least I had that, and and, and, and he was follow, the drummer. So the drummer. <laughs> so it worked and for it's me. Of, brr, 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 yeah. What, I don't. He wasn't really playing because you never. No, see, you never see no, his hands no, never see his legs. hitting. Yeah, you never see his legs. I mean, there were a couple of times where you see his hands hitting. Yeah, but uh, uh, some of it was also uh, because of the sound design. We, we were coming from his point of view. Yeah, it's, it yeah. was not like you couldn't hear it. So the most interesting part of the movie, maybe yeah. right that the hearing POV because he loses his hearing very quickly early on in the story, yeah. and then the whole movie is him dealing with that. Yep. And uh, it's funny how they're like, well, he's also an addict. Well, <laughs> so we're afraid of him relapsing. His little tiny little support system, yeah. an, un- an unseen Hector, and then his girlfriend. And uh, so they find a deaf community that's also for addicts, and they and he signs up for that. And it's the whole, the hero rejects the call. Like, yeah. like, no, I don't want to do it. He goes away. And then she's like, you got to do it. And they argue and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I knew it, it's like still, it has to happen eventually. It still hits all the beats, Chris. It's yeah. just a matter of when and where. They don't skip any of the beats. Just because no. it's about a deaf drummer doesn't mean they change yeah. the story. The stories are all the same. So he goes in the community. Uh, one thing, like this isn't really, I don't think it's spoiler yet. It's just kind of like the mood tone of the movie. I was interested in how, so he is hesitant to even get into the system because, uh, Ultimately, I think he's just afraid of losing his whole lifestyle. Well, yeah, right? he's, his he's, girlfriend I mean, yeah, and, and he, his struggling life. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a you know a life changing event. I'm, he's not yeah. really prepared for and, that, and he doesn't want to change his life. <laughs> he likes he likes driving a shitty RV uh, on his tour quote tour yeah. to all this little place that hold like twenty people. I don't know what kind of tour it is. Uh, maybe it's one of those tours where it's like uh, it's the same seven bars in the state, whatever state they're in, uh, and they call it a tour even though mm-hmm. they don't leave the state. Mm-hmm. You got to boost well, I mean, yourself up somehow. I mean, man. they were in magazines, were they? I missed that. <clears throat> no way they'd be in magazines. No, of course not. A fan scene, maybe. 
right? Like some uh, yeah, but no, but there was they were on a cover of Decibel. They were on a cover of Decibel. I missed that. No way. They're on yeah, because because when they were in the uh, in the RV, one of the, the walls were pasted with all of their yeah. articles about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. They never got up to. Ro- there were no Rolling Stone articles, but there was a Decibel cover. Decibel's good enough, man. I'd be like, yeah, I did it. I made it, Mom. Can I please move into the basement? I swear, I swear I'll move out or, eventually. Or, hey, Mom, I'm going to buy you a big house. I'm going to live in the basement. Or you're dead serious. <laughs> I'm going to buy the. It's your house. It's in your name yeah. for legal reasons. Yeah. Don't come down to the basement. Ring the door. Ring the, 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 <laughs> ring the, the basement bell. bell. Ring the race, basement bell. I'll let you in. I'll buzz you in. Uh, Matt Lauer style. The... I was interested in how, so he, even though he's initially hesitant, once he does join in and like you know the first couple scenes to see him like seeing what they have to offer, it seems like okay, are are they gonna do the thing where he's like wow, oh, like resistant to everything, like being a pain in the ass, and eventually he of comes around to doing it. They, they kind of skipped over that. Like Some he of it- he was kind of like. Like wide eyed, like I don't know yeah. what's going on, but then they sort of cut to well, it, it was wide eyed, doesn't know what was going on, yeah. To then he has uh, a little connection with a kid, the, exactly it, over it, sound, yeah. It, it was that, and then like immediately, boom, he was fucking yeah, <laughs> cut to him, like he's doing group activities, yep. he knows stuff. Obviously, he's yeah. been a time yeah. jump, and he's, he's into, talking, yeah. he's talking fluent sign language pretty he, much. He's doing it. I'm like, oh, look at this guy, now he's doing it. It almost it, it reinvigorated me in the movie a little bit because, like, oh, I like that we didn't have to kind of slog through that bit there, yeah. and we could just uh, feel free to get to. Him now being a part of the group and how he has been learning how to be deaf and all that stuff. And that's like the first 40 minutes or so of the movie. And then the rest of the movie is about him making a decision. Does he continue this lifestyle? Does he really want to go back to his his girlfriend and the music and all that? Does Also, this whole thing about a... I can never say it. Cochlear implant? Cochlear. Cochlear. Watch your language, young man. The Cock Brothers implant? I, I think it's like nuclear cochlear. Nuclear, cochlear. Nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. Nuclear. Okay, get it right, for, for Christ's sakes. I get so mad every time. It's nuclear. So he wants to get this Koch Brothers implant, <laughs> and it, but it costs a lot of money and all this stuff. And, and then the community is like, yeah, but we like you here. You can stick around. So, uh, you know, it's a very intimate, um, character-driven mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. It goes to some interesting places. I like the ending. Obviously, I can say what the ending is, no. but like the last, oh like, no, yeah, yeah, last scene, I was like, oh yeah, and, and you know I what? That. I I knew that was gonna be the ending. I I didn't know if that was gonna be like the ending shot the yeah. way it was. Yes, yes. But I knew that shot was going to be somewhere near the end. Like it, it just made sense thematically and everything. Yeah, that it's a uh, it's sort of yeah exactly because it's uh, the right thing, right path for the character. It makes more sense more sense for the character. Uh, addiction, breaking the cycles of addiction, and all that stuff. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely. Really interesting. It makes me think a little bit of. Have you ever seen the Hammer? Uh, the wrestling. There's two hammers. One with Adam Carolla where he's a boxer. Uh-huh. Good movie, actually. Surprisingly good. I don't like Adam Carolla. Yeah. It's a good movie. Uh, has nothing to do with deafness. Nothing whatsoever. <laughs> Right around the same time, like a year before or after, there's another movie called The Hammer, and it's about a real life dude who's an MMA fighter and he's deaf. And but it's about his um, high school, I think, and mostly college wrestling career, and then also joining a deaf community for the first time as like an 18 year old, 20 year old, so not knowing how to quote be deaf yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, and that movie did a lot of like deaf POV type of things. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that this one kind of did yeah. too. And it's really, really good. No, it is. It's like the only two movies I've seen that have yeah. done this. And they're like really it works. good movies. Yeah. I would recommend people look for The Hammer. And this one's good. Sound, sound of sound of metal. Olivia Cook. Also, I was looking at this. like, where the hell have I seen this goddamn she was girl? In, she was in Thoroughbreds. With uh, Reds, yes, with Anya uh, Taylor-Joy and uh, Olivia Cook was also in Ready Player One. Oh yeah, she was. You're right. She was uh, what Artemis, right? Artemis. She's goddamn Artemis. Mm-hmm. Yep. I looked her up. I was like, ah, oh, Ready Player One. That's what it is. <sighs> so Sound of Metal was pretty. That was good. Pretty, I really enjoyed it. Pretty good. Uh, the music, worst, mm-hmm. part, worst part of the movie. Could've, yeah. Oh, definitely. They could have. They could have found a better uh, musical. Uh, thing to copy. No, exactly. Or just or instead just, of just give them actual good instruments and p- pick an actual metal band, pay them some cash, and yeah. throw Riz Ahmed on drums. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to do a two piece? Pay Jack Jack White. Jack White can write you some metal that they can actually play if you want to. He's a blues guy. He can figure it out. He's a he's a musical genius. Is Jack White? Has anyone checked with him recently? Is he okay? I have no idea. Uh, so Sound of Metal would get a thumbs up for me. Agreed. I watched a third movie. I watched. More than I watch a bunch of movies. Watch a bunch of movies. Watch a bunch of what documentaries and stuff again. Things of that nature, yeah. All right. Well, let me talk about yes this one. No. Let me talk about this one. No, actually, I watched two movies. And how many movies? Are you more than two. Hang on. Hang on. One movie. Two movies. Dos cines. Three movies. Four movies. Cuatro cines. Okay, so then you go first. Okay. Give me one. Give me one. Uh, the Happy Time Murders is on Netflix right now. Oh, never saw that in theaters. It uh, wasn't reviewed very well. Not reviewed very well at all. Most people I've seen, like in Crespo Hundo style, I've seen it. It, it definitely seemed like two to one. Nah. You know, it's nah. Yeah, it's, don't even bother. Not even bother. It's not really. Not even now that it's. Uh, what service did you watch it? No, it's on Netflix. Now that's on Netflix. Yeah. Not even. Uh, like, I mean, un- unless you're like a Jim Henson completionist. Mm, oh damn! And it, there's a little bit of funny puppet humor, but yeah. for the most part, like no. it's not really. Oh. It d- doesn't hold up to snuff. Why is it the uh, corny? Tropey, no lazy. Uh, the, 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 I thought it worked best when they really leaned into the puppet stuff. It's just yeah. because of the story that they were telling. It's mm. puppets living in a real world, yeah, and that kind of, kind of like the new Muppets mishmash, yeah. But it, it didn't work. Leaned too much in the real world stuff, yeah. Not I enough think. in the puppet stuff, yeah. You fucked up, I don't guys. Know. It, it just didn't. Do it just more didn't. Puppet it stuff. did not. It just didn't work for whatever reason. I'd rather see a human. I'd rather see Melissa McCarthy try to navigate a puppet world. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, been funnier. Yeah, that'd be like, what the fuck is yeah. going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been great. All right. Happy Time Murders gets a no. And another one that gets a no. Uh, this is also on Netflix. Peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> another one that has been almost universally, uh, for my perspective, yeah. universally not well-reviewed. No, it's not. Uh, it's, 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 I think my parents like it. It's it's under par action. My, my, I mean, it is. Yeah. The, the, the action's not. The, I mean... I knew the story was going to be garbage because mm. it's an action movie, and sure. I'm okay with that. Because it's an action movie, we don't, we're not here for story. No, I wanted a story. I go, I see an Aaron Sorkin thing, exactly. Yeah. Or I'll watch, I'll go watch Mank. Yes, exactly. You know, you know, guns but, and Mank. But is no, there? yeah, there was, yeah, actually, there was a gun. No, it's just yeah, uh, yeah. Not even worth talking about, really. Sorry, Jennifer Garner. Who herself? I mean, she's. Uh, well, I think that was it. I think had she had her own little bit of action career with well, Alias. Exactly. Back in the stuff. day, I think yeah. she was trying to get back to that, and it just didn't. Mm. It just didn't work. Shame. Yeah. Uh, and it's also the classic like Death Wish style to kill my family. Exactly. Yeah, but Charles 
goes to Charles Bronson. It's like, I tried that already. <laughs> they keep coming back. Uh, then on Prime, I watched two documentaries. Okay. Uh, one, Gringo, colon, The Dangerous Life of John McAfee. Oh, yes. Uh, this came out, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. And some people were pretty like, whoa, kind of a crazy story about this guy. No, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it is. I mean, I knew. Prostitutes shitting through hammocks. And- exactly. Yeah. I, I knew, like, the major story beats yeah. of it just because it, it was in the news. Yeah, like killing his neighbors or yeah. something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's fucking fascinating how the man, like, he's almost on a full circle. Like, he's he's back in people's good graces. Somehow. Is he? Yeah. Damn. He's back into cybersecurity. That's crazy. So, that is crazy. After all that, he's almost, it's almost like none of it ever happened. It's like, it's but, like have you people seen the documentary? Exactly. So it's fucking, it's wild. And what's, <laughs> what's that on? That's, That's on Amazon, Am- you said? Oh, uh, I think it's a Showtime documentary. But, oh, okay. But Amazon Prime, what they do is every once in a while, they'll grab bits and pieces of some of their pay services and yeah. they make it free for a month. Mm. So right now, it's free on Amazon Prime. So as long as you're a Prime member, you can watch it. Cool. All right. What's the other documentary? So. Uh, the other one is uh, kind of uh, and actually it was like an old school uh, history of film movie mm. of sorts. Okay, it's called Ray Harryhausen, the special effects titan. Oh, cool! Ray Harryhausen uh, uh, deal. Yeah, so there was uh, a nice little documentary featuring Steven Spielberg, Peter Jackson, James Cameron, uh, Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. and Tim Burton, mm-hmm. all talking about how who Harry Harry. Ray Harryhausen was, mm-hmm. and you know how he influenced their, you know, and special effects just in general. All right. He, so, so for people who don't so, know, he's a, a stop motion mostly, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Talking Jason and the Argonauts and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and it was weird. It, it was really cool it, seeing it, all this. Stuff. Well, yeah, and it goes in kind of like the auteur theory, but inst- most of the time you can you do that with directors. Yeah. But Harryhausen came up with. All of the ideas for all of the movies he ever did. They, oh, were, they were all actually Ray Harryhausen movies, surprisingly enough. But he, but he was doing them as the special effects guy creating everything. Yeah. Got to get someone else. Had to get an actual director to come and be like, I don't know what to do with, with these actors. Yeah, but he would storyboard the whole thing and base it on what he wanted to do with the stop motion oh. stuff. So all those movies... Wow. If it says special effects by Ray Harryhausen, chances are it's, it's actually a movie by it, him. It, for all intents and purposes, yeah. Uh, Clash of the Titans, yep. right? That's him. Uh huh. Bubo, 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 the owl. Was the name of the owl? Exactly. That, that yeah. gold owl. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's cool. All that stuff. All right. so, Ray Harryhausen. It was super, yeah, it was super interesting. Nice. That was all the movies I watched. All right. The other two movies that I watched then were Happiest Season on Hulu, the little oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. lesbian rom com, holiday rom com. And it's a pretty delightful little movie. I thought I really enjoyed it for being like a modern Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, which, which those are rough. It's hard to get. It's hard sometimes to make I these mean, things the, work to not be cheesy the, or corny or dumb. The last one that worked was probably the night before. Yes, night before is definitely good, and that's more of an overall holiday thing. It does lean Christmas yeah. for sure. Uh, and what was this other one? Oh, the one that came out last year with Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. That I never saw Jordan. that. I, I haven't seen it either yet. Uh, people like it though. I think that one's pretty the well people? reviewed. I think so. I think so. So happy season, fun where it's uh, first off great cast. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't bother looking at the cast ahead of time, and I wasn't paying attention during the credits. So for the first twenty minutes, like you another, were just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Shows up. Like, what? She's <laughs> in this. What? Uh, it's uh, Mackenzie Davis. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Stewart, 
Kristen Stewart, her parents are dead. So Mackenzie Davis is like, come home uh, for Christmas. Like impulsively, she's like, come spend Christmas at my parents' place. And then the next day she's like, fuck, uh, I haven't come out to my parents <laughs> who are a conservative politicians. Like, well, her dad's a conservative, like running for mayor or some yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. And her mom is Mary Steenburgen. I'm like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> so they show up. It's Mary Steenburgen. So the, they got to pretend like she's straight. And like, oh, this is just my friend. My quote, my friend. Uh, hilarity ensues. Yeah. Her overachieving sister uh, is Allison Brie, which is awesome. And then one of her ex-girlfriends from high school is uh, Aubrey Plaza. Mm -hmm. And then Kristen Stewart's, like, gay best friend back home watching the pets that she communicates with on the phone is... uh, What's his first name? Dan? Dan Levy. Eugene Levy's kid from uh, Schitt's Creek. Which is now in... uh, I just saw... Is now hitting syndication on TV. So now people are getting that Shit's Creek money out there. Yeah, I think it's on Netflix, right? It's on one of the streaming services. It is now on Netflix. Yes, I think all six seasons. Yeah, yeah, I guess I gotta watch it. People love that show. Um, it's a good movie. Happy Season's good. It's uh, it hits all the emotional beats. It's fun. It definitely is like sprinkles in all the Christmas stuff appropriately. It's a wintry Christmas movie, so it's all snowy and shit. Mm-hmm. Feels good. So I should be drinking some hot hot cocoa, watching this shit. It's good. I like it. And then you walk outside and it's fucking 85 degrees. I'm like, what the fuck? No, today, man, I was oh, freezing it's outside. It's beautiful out It was right so now. cold. I was shivering. It was like 60. Ugh. It's going to be like that all week. Yeah, it's going to get even colder. And the other movie that I watched was uh, Red, White, and Blue, which is from the... Uh, small Axe series. Yep, the Steve Queen Small Axe film anthology. 80 minutes long. I felt like it could have used another 15 or 20. To be okay. honest, uh, which is kind of a good thing because yeah. I was interested in the story. And it's based on a true story. Uh, John Boyega, great in this lead role. The guy's name is Leroy Logan, and it's the early 80s. He's a PhD dude who's working like oncology and shit. And then his dad gets accosted by some uh, local bobbies. They beat him up and they arrest him. And it's, uh, it's, he's getting all fucked Because up he was living while black. Exactly, existing while black, and uh, so this dude, he's like, "Well, fuck this, and I'm gonna join the police and try to change it from within." Mm, that could be rough. Come on, <laughs> right? that's what I'm saying. It's brutal, and then part of it is also about like his dad is mad as fuck. He's like, "You're gonna, you're gonna join those motherfuckers." It's a lot of like people being betrayed, uh, feeling betrayed. Like he tries to check in on one guy who gets, uh, he's being arrested, he's being manhandled by the cops, and they throw him into cell. And when they leave, he, like, opens the, the cell gate so he can look in. And he's like, hey, are you okay? Like, do you need anything? And the guy's like, fuck you, man. You goddamn yeah. traitor, motherfucker. And then he just has to close the gate. Like, damn it. <laughs> yep. Um, so it's very much about, is it even worth it to try to change him with it? Also, he befriends another another new recruit like him who's a Hindi guy. And they are both have to deal with the, the, all, the, all the racist shit, yeah. you know, in different ways with the same and how they deal with it. And I feel like where the movie ended was like, it has a poignant ending, but it felt like it ended early. Okay. Like he joins the department, he experiences some shit. He has a few conversations. Uh, another character makes a pretty big decision. He has a scene where he talks to his dad, right? They kind of like sum up the movie together to each other. Like they have their theses yeah. and they lay them out and they go, Okay. Credits. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, interesting. Okay. I, I guess I'm supposed to like look it up on Wikipedia yep. or something. Sure. They, yeah. They don't even give you like that. This happens <clears throat> later. The paragraphs. No, nope. doesn't matter. Directed by Steve McQueen. I was like, oh, 
I would have, I would have liked a little more information. Actually, you guys, you guys said it up pretty well. It's good. Red, white, and blue is good. And uh, I looked up online this Lovers Rock and uh, what was that first one? Mangrove. Those three movies. Uh, those three of the five were the three that played at the New York Film Festival. Okay. Uh, this year, which was a virtual. Yeah. Virtual Film Festival. All right. So those are the movies. My I'm up to that made Red, White, and Blue made um ninety one. You only got nine to go. Only nine to go in about in about twenty four days. I can. I mean, I'll I'll do it obviously. Uh, but I will say, because of the hundo, and partially because of this show, like after Sound of Metal, I was like, I do kind of want to rewatch Mank. <laughs> like, did I like did I get it? Did I truly get it? Should I rewatch this for the show? I was like, ah, but I need to see. I need to see something new. new. I gotta yeah. see something new. I'm running out of time, so I did have an urge to rewatch it though. Uh, TV stuff. Yes, Mendo. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. When the title card came up, it's like chapter 14, The Tragedy. I was like, oh no, this is it. This is the episode that I've been dreading <laughs> all season. We knew it was going to happen. Yeah. The separation episode. Yeah. You got, you it's, got, got, it's got to. You got to separate them so that the reunion yeah. can be extra special. Mm. Uh, plenty of cute little Mando stuff. Dude. He, he forces and passes out twice. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking... Yeah, fucking Grogu tearing it up, bro. Yeah. He's got some fucking. He's got some force powers. He's all, oh, he, oh man, when he gets mad, don't make him mad. That's why Ahsoka was so scared. Yeah. Like, this is a little fucking. Thing. <laughs> um. Uh oh, the um, it's only thirty minutes. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. And it's funny if you know it's Robert Rodriguez. Uh, some of the fighting stuff, especially because you know they're bounty hunters. Yeah. They're supposed to be gunslingers and all that. When you watch some of that stuff towards the end, especially he, there's a move where a guy gets like rocketed in the stomach and oh, sends yeah. him backwards. Yeah. Like this is totally, totally desperado. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's all it's so 90s much, yeah. Robert Rodriguez. so much fun. <laughs> it is pretty, like if, pretty cool, If man. you want to have an awesome desperado action scene, then get the right guy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Get this guy. He knows what he's doing. It was, uh, well, and, and it was good episode, too with man. fucking great reveals. Great reveals, great mm. character reveals. Uh, all, it's all coming together nicely. Uh, and I also like the we've already seen them a couple of times I like the dark troopers yeah I like their design it's pretty cool looking yep. uh, we, we gotta see a little bit of dark saber again even briefly that yep. thing's pretty cool yeah, looking it is. Uh, we gotta see tiny shackles <laughs> when, he, when he was no, like that's thumb cuffs yeah he was like shackle him I was like shackles and then you see them like oh my god <laughs> oh yeah oh, blue, little blue shackles uh, man, it's a fun show. It is. Short episode, man. I was a little bummed it was only 30 minutes. But also... I but was, there was a lot going... Dude, a lot happened in that 30 minutes. And it's wild how when... Like, the, at the end of the last episode, they're like, take Grogu to this spot and things will be revealed. And you're uh, like, okay, so that's going to be the rest of this season. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to spend a couple episodes trying to uh, get to this spot. And then boom, he's there. Opening scene of <laughs> the next episode. We're there. We're doing it. We're at the spot. And know, the thing's it's happening. I'm like, what fuck is going on then <laughs> this thing's moving fast uh, I love this plotting so yeah I really enjoyed that yeah. I, I thought that was great um, Fargo season 4 finale fuck yeah dude interesting I mean interesting. it ended that, very Fargo <laughs> very Fargo uh Pretty predictable, right? When I mean, yeah, what what certain people dying and the way they died, I was like, yeah, they kind of like set um, it all up. They kind of uh, telegraphed that one. Even I will say this: I think this season of Fargo, and if I recall, maybe even the last season, is missing something important 
to Fargo, okay. to the Fargo ethos of what Fargo is. The movie and now established by a couple of seasons, at least of a TV show. This season is missing the good cop. Uh, what? <laughs> there was no good cop investigating everything, being right about stuff, and then triumphing in the end. Well, the, not triumphing in the end. The, I only, mean, the only one that was even close to a good cop was the marshal. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant. And he was still a dick. He, yeah. So he told, when he told the Italians that story about, oh, yeah, we had some uh-huh. Italians in our town, and we uh, we strung them up and like fucking yeah. essentially genocided them out of our town. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, this guy's not a good guy. <laughs> that's, not, that's not Minnesota nice. That's Utah, fuck you. Yeah. That's Mormon, fuck you. That's a little different. So I feel like it was missing that. And I'm like, is that essential? Because I did when the show was over, I was like, yeah, it was good. It was all done. But it still felt like it was missing something. And was that what was missing? I don't know. I don't know. Because that's what the first few seasons had. Well, I mean, instead of the good cop, you had the, uh, the young black girl. She was... The one that was right about everything. She is and the one that And tri- triumphs in the end. She is the um, Margot character. Yeah. She's the, the the one who really knows. But we, I feel like then we didn't focus on her enough in the beginning. Like, she came in so late with her... Um, the, the whole, with, with her, like, effect on the plot itself. But, I mean, the whole thing started with her. The entire story started with her. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. It's uh again, I, I thought from the very, very beginning that doing a show based on Fargo was a terrible idea. Here we are four seasons in. Uh, and it, I'll mixed bag. I'll, I'll see a fifth season. I mean, I'll watch the next one. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. But it's, but it's a mixed bag. It, it's, it's season four. I think I like season four. Then I like three. I think. I think. I don't know. And we'll ever watch the two seasons so I can compare them? Probably no, not. Probably not. Probably not. There's which more stuff out there to watch. Um, I've was going to mention this last week, but I forgot. I finished Mr. Mercedes. Oh, uh, nice. The, the season two of that. Season three is not on Peacock yet. and But season one and two is essentially like one story. And then season three is the start of its own other story yeah. involving this character. And uh, I liked it. I liked the way it wrapped up. And I liked it. It did get very Stephen Kingy in some ways. Uh, some fun reveals towards the end. They had a couple episodes where when the episode ended, it was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> like I want to see the next one. You yeah. Know? Uh, that's always a, a good reaction to have. And y- you'll get this now, Drew. You'll appreciate this. Real, This is real writer nerd stuff. They, uh, there's a Chekhov's gun situation, right? That they, you know, again, they yeah. they lay it out for you. Here's, we're doing, here's a Chekhov's gun. And I'm using the term loosely, yeah. okay? Here's a Chekhov's gun. And then the Chekhov's gun pays off. But it's a different mm-hmm. Chekhov's gun. Okay. They like sort of misdirect you a bit okay. with the with the gotcha. with the Chekhov gun yeah. uh, device, yeah. and but then it happens though, so it's like, oh, I knew it was gonna <laughs> happen, but not like, like that. This. Like, oh, it was a weird. It was a weird feeling. It was cool though. I liked it, and yeah, Mr. Mercedes is good stuff. Brandon Gleason, it's a good show. Mm. I watched. Uh, I was like. Pretty sure you said you liked it, Auntie Donna. You must have you watched all six episodes. Call what? Auntie Donna, right? You like that? Yeah. Yeah. Auntie Donna. Yeah. <laughs> Auntie Donna. That, that weird. Uh, um, Broden. The, 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 the intro was a lot of fun. Like, I kind of wish it was like a weekly series on Comedy Central so I could watch that intro every yeah, day. Yeah. Instead of just rewatching <laughs> yeah. the same six episodes, it's a fun show. It is. Yeah. I, I definitely would like to see him bring it back. I like that style of absurdist 
A to C humor. Yes. Where it, they just keep taking a bit too far. Like the Ellen bit where oh, yeah. the guy essentially turns into Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah. the hell? Three Toyotas. <laughs> it's a it's a fun 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 stuff. Fun show. I enjoyed it. Anti Donna. Big old fun house. Big old house of fun. Big old house of fun. Big old house of fun. Yeah, I can definitely fucking kiwis. That. Australians. They're, oh, they're not kiwi. Yeah. Okay. Yes, they did an episode of Comedy Bing Bang. Bing Bang. Mm-hmm. Re-listen to that. They're like, we're from Australia. I was like, oh, they said it. They just said it. They're Australians, um, but they shot the show in LA. Of course. And oh, that's it for my uh, my media day. You got any TV shows? You uh, yeah, I watched uh, His Dark Material season two, episode three. Ooh, how's so, that going? going? You know, it's going. going, it's, going it's, it's chugging along, doing its thing. Is uh, already uh, chasing after the subtle knife, or uh, I does mean, someone have the subtle knife? Is the subtle knife an actual knife? I think I think it is an actual knife, and I think here in the next couple episodes we might actually see it. Oh my goodness! So exciting. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Oh, there's a tower. Somebody in a tower. A, another tower. It's fucking weird. Is it a dark one? Is it a light tower? No. It's actually it's a light tower. It's uh, a light tower. No, it's right. Definitely not a dark tower. No. Oh, okay. But it might be darkness inside. I don't know. Oh my goodness. I watched the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion. What'd you think? It was fine. Yeah. It was good. That's good. That's yeah, right. No. right. Right. Yeah. It's 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 for it, sure like for fans. It 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 really like. James Avery really needed to be there in real oh, life. Oh, yeah. This is, so, this is so sad. It's so, it, it really is. And then, the, was I right about the moment you where... You were, yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. They, they just derailed the momentum of the show. It all it's shuts like, down. It all, yeah, it really, it just really sucks the energy out of you. But, yeah, maybe they could have just placed... I don't know. Yeah, placed I mean, that segment I mean, better. I mean, it needed to be done. I understood it. Yeah. But you were right. Like, it just, it sucked. It, you, you watch it, and then it's just like... But he's not there. Because yeah, it, it, it's like, well, this is seven people, six, seven people confronting this fact together yeah. for the first, first time, time yeah. as a group. <laughs> and it's devastating <laughs> them. Devastating to them. And now, Dude, now even, this is entertainment. Even DJ Jazzy Jeff was fucking tearing up. <laughs> he, looked, he, looked, he was crying the hardest. He's like, I love the scenes where he was beating me up. Those were the best scenes. Yeah, he was crying the hardest. Yeah. That was crazy. So. Maybe they, you know what? His name is Jazz. I do love Jazz. They probably got along great. Yeah. They were probably fast friends. Uh, I, Shout out to James Avery. Shred up. Uh, I watched uh, last year, I guess Amy Schumer had a new special that came out called Growing on oh, Netflix. Oh, like While a, she was preggers. Like an hour long. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. It was, it was good enough. It was good enough? No, it's still ain't. She's still got it. I, I want to see her cooking show that she does with her chef husband. Oh. Her autistic chef husband. Yeah. That has to be good. She's Maybe. a terrible cook. <laughs> He's autistic. <laughs> there has to be comedy sparks here. It has to work. Uh, what is that? That's on, that's on some service right now. Uh, on HBO, uh, maybe I think. On Netflix, watched the holiday movies that made us. Oh yeah, I saw. So they have the the movies that made us that series. Now, now yeah. that they've started one for holiday movies, so yeah. they did Elf and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. So two 45-minute episodes, you know, on the making of, reception of, how it all went of these movies. Uh, crazy how they keep cranking these, um, this series out, this particular series it's, it's of, seriously, like, lookbacks. And... It, it is great pandemic watching because it's nothing but people talking yeah. to a camera in their house and then, like, about stock their life. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's talk- yeah. So it's super easy pandemic. It's easy to produce. Exactly. Lots of music. Yep. Lots of voiceover guy. And then Chris Columbus uh-huh. met with John Hughes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. I've seen like. But it little, works. I've seen little bits of these things. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, worth watching. Cool. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it is for sure. You're at home. Pandemic shit. Put it on. Yeah. Just put it on and be happy. Uh, also on Netflix, Alien Worlds. All right. So this is, it's kind of like a what if type of thing where they take uh, knowledge that we know about Earth and how plants and animals interact. And then they extrapolate that to distant planets and how life might live there. Okay. So. So it's speculative. Yes. hundred percent. Okay. Yes. But how's it then? Uh. We're talking heads. Is well, no. So it's like a, rendering. Well, no. It's like rendering. It, it, it's very much like, uh, like, like kind of like the Planet Earth series, where like they go into the how it works on Earth mm-hmm. in nature yeah. with our animals, yeah. and then you know we extrapolate that to do this weird shit on this fucking planet because you know gravity is more or less or whatever. So they we're, we're assuming these factors. Yeah. And, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Super interesting. Alien worlds. Alien worlds. And is that a series? Yes, it's four episodes, uh, forty-five minutes each. Okay, four ups, forty-five minutes. Okay. Netflix. All right. Yes. On HBO Max, I watched uh, Looney Tunes. They just put out a Bugs Bunny's twenty-four carat Christmas special. Oh, really? Get it? Twenty-four carat. I'm gonna have to watch this. Yeah. How long is it? It's half hour. Nice. This is one quick episode. Bugs Bunny Christmas special. Yep. I wrote Christmas weird. <laughs> I wrote Xmas ass. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna Xmas ass? I'm, I'm down with that. It's time for our Xmas ass special. Uh, and then, last but certainly not least, on Ooh. HBO Max, uh, a new cult documentary just came out. Another one. This one's on Heaven's Gate. Oh, cool! Nice. <laughs> What's it called? It's called Heaven's Gate: Colon Cult of Cults. <laughs> cult of cults. All right. And it's fa- like I knew about the last part, you know, the suicide. The one and that made news. The part the, the part that made news nationally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this was a fucking 30 plus year story in the making, Chris. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow I had no idea. Yeah, super it done not quite as well as the Nexium series because they didn't have but but they did have first-hand footage, stuff that you hadn't seen because mm-hmm. they backed up a lot of their stuff on the internet yeah. and this, that, the other. So it was super interesting. What was this guy's name? Dodo? Dido? Doe. Doe. Just Doe. Just Doe. Yeah. Fucking Doe. Wide-eyed weirdo. And, that, and in the beginning, he had, a, he had a cohort named T, which was kind of his, like, his female counterpart. They weren't in a sexual relationship because he was actually gay. Oh, okay. And he hated... His life and everything about it. He was in a relationship with Fa, and she was hooking up with C. Well, uh, they really like the sound of music. Of course, the, the Von Trapps. Who doesn't like the sound of music? <laughs> the hills are alive with the sound of. But yeah, fucking bunker story that's about so a bunch crazy. of fucking nut jobs. So that's also a series. Yes. And what were we talking about in terms of like episodes? Oh, uh, that was that four th- one-hour episodes. Okay. Do you know when it came out, roughly? It just came out last week. Oh, it's a new one. Yeah. But they went in and just put everything out? Yeah, it just dropped the whole series. Oh, so it's just a little mini-series. Yep. Cool. Yeah, because Cult of Cults. Yeah, because the, the Nexium one was like like eight, nine, ten episodes or something. Yeah. When they're short like they, they just drop them all at once. Makes more sense, too. Why not? You can watch four on your own time whenever you want to. All right. 
Super interesting. There we go. So that's, these, so that's getting a thumbs up then. Yeah, these these HBO Max documentary series that they've been putting out recently are really good. So all these things, the Heaven's Gate, the Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny thing, the Alien Worlds, all, all good stuff. Yeah. All worth I, watching. I recommend watching everything except for Peppermint and uh, What's the other thing? Happy Time Murders. Happy Time. Happy Time Murders. Did they spell like Happy Time funny with like a Y or something? Nope. Did they spell murders weird with like an umlaut in there mm-hmm. or something like that? Trying to think of where that world might squeeze in some humor. No. Um, okay, well, take a break. Take a break. Let's take a break. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to hear from Billy D. Time for Billy D's Death at the Movies. Uh, he's going to review something for us, and then we'll be back with the second half of the show. Got a bunch of news stories. We're going to talk about uh, all sorts of stuff. So, we'll be right back right after this. <laughs> Watch a few movies, take a few notes. Billy D's Death at the Movies. <laughs> What's up, my dudes? Man, I've got a lot to do. I've been really lax about keeping up with the hundo on Twitter, but I think once I get it all updated this week, I'll be super close to that 100. One of the films I've been sitting on and marinating for a bit is this indie thriller, which debuted on demand this past weekend. What Lies Below? I hesitate to say too much about this movie because it's easy to veer off into spoiler territory, but I'll do my best. Braden R. Dwendler wrote and directed this tiny little film about a teenage girl named Liberty who returns home from an archaeology summer camp to find that her single mom has a new boyfriend, and he's just perfect. Too perfect, in fact. Liberty's smart and seems to be emotionally stable, so her questions about John, the new boyfriend, seem very natural. No one can be this nice. No one can be this perfect. Also, isn't this relationship moving a little too fast? Who is this guy anyway? And John makes some early gestures, and from my perspective, he seemed to do everything right. He just comes off as a little weird, and, like, I get it. I like how this movie makes this relationship awkward and weird. They handled this early part so well. Emma Horvath plays Liberty, and she anchors this film as a smart, shy girl who notices the cracks in the near-perfect facade of John. Horvath is really good at being the gaslit teen who's attempting to prove that something isn't quite right about her mom's new beau. Speaking of her mom, Mina Suvari was really surprising for me in this. It's very against type, I guess, from what I'm accustomed to seeing from her. I typically expect her to play someone a little more streetwise or edgy or something, but she looks like she showed up here with a pretty full character, and it was initially a little jarring, but once I got over the shock of her playing this kind of naive, kind of dorky, lonely woman, I really cared about her. This is a really good casting choice. And Trey Tucker is someone who I'd never heard of before this, and he was more than capable of playing the eye candy, but he also possessed an earnest charm that made him an interesting antagonist. I don't know who did the casting for this movie, but they really nailed their choices here. I I looked it up, and the casting director was Katrina Wandel George. One of my buddies is a casting director, and we talk about this a lot, and casting is something we feel just never gets praised enough, so good job. I found the transition into the third act to be a little messy, but thankfully it's a pretty small misstep and it pays off in a really great finale. sum it up, this is a small movie that goes some really interesting and very uncomfortable places, but is never tasteless or gratuitous. It's definitely a conversation starter. Makes for a great double feature with a couple of recent Shutter exclusives, The Beach House and The Mortuary Collection. Fuck it, do a triple feature. Stay cool, Billy D. 
Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Billy D, for that irresponsible irresponsible recommendation of a triple feature. What do you think people just have time on their hand just because you're in that socialist hell state of New York all locked down, not allowed to express and enjoy your freedoms? You expect other people to do what you want, what you're doing? <laughs> Back with more Russian oil. Back after the break. Uh, how come he's not dead yet? He has terminal lung cancer. He's, I feel like he's had it for months now. He should be dead. dead. Yeah, he should have caught the COVID and died by now. Should be dead, dead now. Rush Limbaugh. Can't wait for him to die. Uh, is it? Am I allowed to say that about yes. monsters? <laughs> yeah. Not just the it, worst people in the country. Him and Alex Jones, like both on that. List. Please, please die. Please, anytime soon. Mitch McConnell. I thought he was dying. He had zombie hands a few weeks ago. Now he's out there looking okay. God, there's a. Uh, his baby blood witch spell worked, <laughs> I guess. Son of a bitch. He probably just drinks uh, embryo smoothies in the morning. Embryo smoothies. Uh, Getting up stem cells. I can eat. Go, I can go, for, <laughs> go for an embryo stem cell smoothie. That sounds good. Uh, help with my um, colitis. Is that a thing? That's I have no thing. idea. Alt, 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 Ulcerative colitis? Ulcerative colitis. <laughs> I'm trying to think all those stupid um, uh, metal... Uh, Medicine prescription ads. Mm-hmm. Warning may cause rectal bleeding. They all say <laughs> yeah, those warnings are crazy. They all say, do not take this medicine if you are allergic to this medicine. <laughs> like, but how, what? <laughs> how do I know if I'm allergic to this medicine? Your doctor will tell you. My doctor don't know shit. Um, Patreon.com slash Crespediso for more great stuff like that. New episodes every Friday. Uh, we just started sequel December all month of December. We're doing sequels to our favorite movies, not our favorite movies, but sequels to them. Why? I was bored. <laughs> and uh, we just released our Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom episode. Yes. So uh, sign up, listen, enjoy. Also, uh, I've been meaning to do this. I started. I'm going to start writing again uh, a little bit, not too much, and those posts will be available at Patreon as well. Um, cinemacrossmedia.gmail.com You can email us and we'll read it. But well, we didn't get an email. Okay. So yeah, Drew's reaching. <laughs> I, was like, Drew's reaching. <laughs> I was pointing at Drew as I was saying that. He was reaching for his phone. Now we ain't got no emails. Nor did anyone use our Facebook group post. Alright. So the listeners choose to remain silent and instead want to hear us speak for the next 30 minutes on the news of the day. Just a cogburn. And of course there's plenty of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will start off with this, uh, the news of Elliot Page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Transition. We got to get used to that now. Elliot Page, trans man. Whatever. Who is now uh, just uh, out as trans and great. Cool. Recognizing his, see I did it, uh, his privilege as a white well-to-do movie star star of the Umbrella Academy to be able to be like, yeah, I'm in a position where I can do this. Do this. And even then, it's going to be super hard. So, uh, big ups to Elliot Page. And uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Good for you. Jumping right into this one, Ian McKellen, controversy. <gasps> he does not understand why Magneto's name is not pronounced Magneto. Because it's a comic book character. But Drew Sarkagra, <laughs> he makes a good point when he says, magnets, how do they work? No, he didn't say that. Who said that? <laughs> that was ICP. Here's his quote. Um, he says, uh, usually it's a block quote and it's easy to find. This time it is not. Not so much. 
Searching, searching. While we're at it, why is Magneto, oh, Magneto, controller of ferromagnetic substances, pronounced Magneto? Well, he did <clears throat> intend to write it that way. He, he spelled this out on Twitter. While we're at it, why is Magneto pronounced Magneto with two E's? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does control ferromagnetic substances, Drew. We, 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 he's a combo character. <laughs> Okay. Magneto sounds weird. Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> Magneto sounds like uh, some stupid corporation that makes magnets. Mag- <laughs> Magneto, on the other hand, sounds like a fucking supervillain. We here at Magneto uh, strive yeah. to bring you the best magnet products available for your at-home magnet needs. Exactly. That, uh, that's why. That's why, Ian McKellen, don't be such a bitch. Um... I mean, you're from England. Have you seen the way you spell things over there? All these <laughs> misplaced U's and extra P's. Bunch of nonsense. Just because you have all these E's laying around doesn't mean you have to use them all. All right? Show some restraint, England, for crying out loud, says this American. <laughs> uh, Deadline reports that we're getting a new... You ever see... I don't think I've ever seen the Toxic Avenger. The original Dude, uh, trauma film Toxic Avenger. I've never actually seen the movie yeah but uh, wasn't there like a shitty cartoon series i think it was the cartoon he had a comic run i i I know i know more from the comic book yeah and probably the cartoon run than i do from the actual trauma film right yeah i feel like i know more from just culture yeah than actually having seen Mm -hmm. uh i've seen a few trauma films but i have not seen the toxic avenger from 1984 uh, well, we're getting a remake. And, uh, I mean, the original was already sort of uh, about environmentalism anyway, and that he's, uh, you know, a character who is a, a corporate um, malfeasance, toxic spill or whatever is what created him. So we're doing an update with um, a struggling everyman is pushed into a vat of toxic waste, transformed into a mutant freak who must go from shunned outcast to underdog hero as he races to save his son, his friends, and his community from the forces of corruption and greed. This is all according to Deadline. And it will be steeped in environmental themes and will subvert superhero genre in the vein of Deadpool. Oh, God. Is what they want. I mean, I would say, I mean... The reason why it worked, the original one, was because it was a trauma film. So yeah. it was inherently campy and bad, but it was so yeah. bad that it might be a little good. Right. Right. Um, well, we'll see with this one. Uh, Toxie, to be played by Peter Dinklage. Okay. All right. And the whole thing will be directed by Macon Blair, who okay. uh, his only film that he directed, I believe, was I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Yeah. yeah. So expect Elijah Wood to pop up somewhere. Of course. And yeah, Toxie coming back. Okay, but with Peter Dinklage. Cool, Tiny Toxie. I'll watch it. Yeah, sure, I'll check it out. It sounds like a, a B movie fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mentioned Albi Albi Plaza earlier. Yeah. Somehow this came up um, in an interview here about the Oscars, and they asked. Aubrey positive if she would consider hosting and she responded of course are you kidding I'm available sign me up I would absolutely love to I am this generation's Billy Crystal we all know that (laughs) (laughs) okay sure Aubrey sure I mean I guess all right is that something you want to be 
Uh, I'd see an Aubrey Plaza hosted anything pretty much. Um, Billy Crystal was hot for a minute there. Oh, he was, yeah. He was all over the place. Then he hosted like seven, eight ceremonies or yeah. something. Like a crazy amount of ceremonies. So I, I, I'd see pretty much anything Plaza wants to do. Uh, Van Helsing. One of your favorite Hugh Jackman performances. I know you don't like the movie, but he constantly rave about Hugh Jackman. <laughs> um, the hat, the hair. Him, him and uh, uh, Kate, what's her name? Back and still having hair offs. What an awful movie. They like shake their hair in the same scene. <laughs> and, and then they stop and they pause to see who's bouncing. And they're both the wearing most. tight black outfits. They are wearing the, the <laughs> same outfit. Who wore it better? Hugh Jackman, obviously. Uh, Van Helsing is coming back to Chicago. Universal Studios has been trying to make one for a while, and this newest one is going to be strong. Hugh Jackman is <laughs> not going to be. I'm sorry. Well, no, <laughs> it doesn't look like it will be. Um, it is being produced, co-produced by James Wan. Oh, okay. All right. He has a working relationship with Universal now in their horror department, so they brought him aboard. And according to Deadline, it will be directed by a fellow named Julius Avery. Julius Avery directed for Bad Robot, uh, that Overlord movie, which I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. And it's got some pretty good reviews. I think, I think Bill liked it a lot. Everybody that I've talked to said good things so about they, it. So they liked it. No. And uh, what's this other movie? Oh, um, we've mentioned this on the show before. He is currently working on Samaritan. Oh, that's yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Uh, he's like a retired in hiding superhero that some kid mm-hmm. pulls out of retirement. He's like, hey, I don't want to do it anymore, kid. Um... Person who's writing Eric Pearson has his credits include Thor Ragnarok and Black Widow, so he wrote the existing version of Van Helsing script. But who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. It's probably get rewritten and stuff. And he'll join. This will be another Van Helsing portrayal. We got Hugh Jackman. What was that? Two thousand something? Yeah. Two thousand one, two thousand two. Uh, Peter Cushing, Grand Grand Moff Tarkin, mm-hmm. played him in 1958's Dracula. Lawrence Olivier played him in 1979's Dracula, and fucking Anthony Hopkins played him in Francis Ford Coppola's yeah. Grand Circus Dracula. Was that 91, 92? And uh, this I did not know. Christopher Plummer played Van Helsing in Dracula 2000, which oh. is a lot of fun because uh, he's great. And Dracula 2000. Is that the one where Bill saw this one? Of course he did. And I remember him just like laughing as he told me this, and it stuck with me. I think Dracula 2000 is the one where Dracula tells his origin story, and it turns out Dracula, Drusilla Cogburn, is Judas, the one who betrays Jesus. They show him, hey. so he, uh, in the story, after he, his betrayal of Jesus, he gets paid his little silver, and then he goes and he hangs himself, right? Hmm. Uh, in the movie, he goes and he hangs himself, and then the branch like breaks I guess just as he dies or whatever and he falls and hits the ground and he's like oh he's cursed he's cursed now to walk the earth undead forever Dracula <laughs> Drew just gave it the PFT media <laughs> thumbs up he didn't know that when he go <laughs> that means yes in PFT world uh, we get a lot of positive reviews <laughs> whenever we talk to people that's just that's just how we're trying to get by you got sometimes you gotta trick yourself tell yourself that the election was stolen from you mm-hmm. yeah Fake news. It's all fake news, except for my news, which is real. Unless I wanted to be fake, in which case... It's fake. Who knows? The... Oh, okay, so this was a very, very big news this week. Um, HBO Max announcing their... Yeah. Warner Media, AT&T, Inc. Announcing their intention 
to release their 2021 movies. They end date in theaters in available theaters and on streaming services. Uh, they have to do this because if they keep pushing movies, pushing movies, they're, they're, they're just never going to come out. They're just going to cannibalize each other when they do finally yeah. come out. You know, every week there's a new blockbuster. Uh, you know, the market can't sustain that. So they announced this. There's also, you know, some caveats in that uh, they're only going to be available for like the first month on HBO Max, and then they'll get taken down uh, before they come back up. Who knows how much later? Uh, so it's not just like a straight, it's on the service and it's there for good type of thing. They have to work with, they have to cut a deal with AMC. AMC, not very happy with this. Cinemark, not too happy. They have to cut deals with them now on which movies they're going to play in theaters and how much of a kickback they're going to give them. for how long. And- exactly. They have to work out all those details now. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting situation. Regal has not commented at all on the situation. Cinemark has, AMC has, but Regal has not because they're closed. Well, no. Like, so uh, they're just like, we're going to sit this out for a while anyway. I was about to say, Re- Regal is not operating right now. They have, they, they have no horse in the race. Right. They shut down now so they can have a future. AMC didn't have that luxury, so they have to keep rolling shit out. They need movies to come out in their theaters. So uh, they're hoping someone comes out for Wonder Woman. And some people will. It'll be interesting to see how much, <clears throat> how much money it makes. I mean, there's a big window there. You have... Um, Russell Crowe's Unhinged opens like four million, yeah. and then you have Tenet openings like twenty million. So where will Wonder Woman fall on that? I could see a ten, twelve million dollar opening weekend, fifteen million dollar opening weekend. It all depends. It does depend. It'll be Man. very interesting. Uh, so the thing I, I did write for on the Patreon, you go there, you can read this little breakdown I, I put together. Just put all my thoughts together really in one spot to make it easier to to talk about this but the way the movie industry will change uh movie movie theaters aren't going away but they are going to change there's going to be less theaters they're all going to be owned by corporate entities there will be no more like indie theaters that's going to be a bummer and well i mean the nzn keeps well nzn's non-profit they'll, no. they'll be non-profit places some places will, will survive I think the NZ they're in a good position to be part of the 30% of indie theaters that are expected to survive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the North American Theater Owners Association or whatever, whatever they're called, uh, they predict like up to 70% of theaters. Oh, yeah. will like Aloma Cinema Grill, pff, gone. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Exactly. They're not going to make it. A place like that won't make it. So, uh, which is a bummer. It sucks. So the uh, we'll get less theaters. We're going to get less options in movies because now studios will only be putting... It's cyclical. People are like, I'm only now going to go to the theater for the big movies. So the studios are like, well, now we'll only make big movies for th- for theaters. Yeah. So there's no more... Like Parasite had a six-month run in theaters it's last year. Yeah, shit like that won't happen anymore, which is crazy to think yeah. about. But that's the way it is. Those movies will be made... With lower budgets intended for streaming services, as opposed to ever having any shot of a of a theatrical run, and that sucks. So expect um, most theaters to be corporate. Most of them, some of them to close, some other ones to shrink, like the twenty screens. Expect those to go down, mm-hmm. like ten screens, and and just less options in theaters. So it'll still be there, but it, it won't be. It'll as, be the same. It won't be the same. 
Wonder Woman, meanwhile, for its uh, Christmas Day release on HBO Max, will be HBO Max's first film to be available in 4K Ultra HD, HDR10, Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos. It's like they're finally upgrading there. Uh, that was a big Shit. knock on yeah. them when they came out, that they weren't 4K ready at all. Uh, but they're starting to roll out the 4K stuff with Wonder Woman. We'll see how that goes and then it's like what are other places going to do so they people are like well now that warner media is doing this because they have hbo max that just means all the studios are going to do it well does it uh disney what do they have they have black widow they may like will they put their marvel stuff on disney plus will they do day and date stuff they're in the business i mean too maybe i mean they didn't do it with mulan Right, but, they, but, they did a different thing with Mulan with they, the thirty dollar rental. But mm-hmm. they are doing it with uh, Soul. 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 So. Yeah. So they're they're definitely doing a case by case, film by film. No. Universal now has Peacock, but does Vin Diesel? Will he allow? It's his baby. Will he allow Fast Nine to go know. straight to streaming? No, Uh-oh. man. He, Fast and Furious was the first like movie to move. They pushed an entire year. They yeah. won theaters, and. Theaters in Japan and China are they're back, they're open, they're running because they have all the shit under control, and they're releasing movies that are setting like domestic records. Yeah. So uh, people want to see movies, and audiences are there. People want to get back out into the world and go back to the life the way it was, Chris. And that it's includes just, seeing movies. Unfortunately, here in America, we're not personally responsible enough to do that yeah, shit. Yeah, it sucks. So we're all we're fucked. We're fucked for now. And uh, speaking of Fast 9, Dwayne Johnson, Tyrese Gibson, the feud is over. Okay. It's been a three-year feud. Three years of reporting on these guys, sniping at each other via social media, Tyrese Gibson being all mad about the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff and stuff like that. But uh, he actually just said, here, uh, what was this? In an interview, me and The Rock pieced up, by the way. We talked for like four hours about three weeks ago. How about that? They're friends again. Is that nice? Cool. Does it make you sleep better at night? Nope. Knowing that behind the scenes issues. But now we just need The Rock and Vin Diesel to now uh, suck each other's dicks and get over it. Well, I mean. Remember Vin, that one movie Vin where Di- they Vin, didn't shoot any scenes together? I mean, Vin Diesel's going to have to bend the knee. Bend the knee. Fucking The Rock is... He's The Rock. Oh, The Rock. Rock's goddamn highest paid actor in Hollywood as of uh, 2019. And his his tequila company just became the highest... What... The highest grossing first year of any alcohol ever in the world. Wow, really? I have to try that. I still need to try that... uh, The Clooney tequila. So... The Casamigos? Yeah. Apparently... Clooney's first year, he put out 175,000 cases. Yeah. Terramana, their first year. Terramana. Okay. Like 340,000 cases. Whoa, tequila crazy. Yeah, people love The Rock's tequila. What also helps they did during the pandemic and people are just drunk, drunk. Well, that and The Rock. The Rock is the hottest thing in the world right now. Rock's so, the hottest thing in the world. Uh, so anything that he touches. Millennials and Gen Z are all are all low-key alcoholics. Yeah, exactly. And if you, you know, it, these days, if you like tequila, you're drinking The Rock's tequila. And if you like gin, you're drinking Ryan Reynolds' gin. So, yeah. Drink that, Ryan. Drink his gin. Didn't he sell that? I think he did for a big, hefty profit. Goddamn. Goddamn, goddamn. Um, his uh, his production company just put out a hilarious uh, Match dot com commercial. A Match dot com commercial. Goodness gracious! Perfect match. You know, g- 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 guess what the perfect match is, Chris? 
Satan and the year 2020. Oh. It is hilarious. Take that, 2020. <laughs> you suck, 2020. And I can't wait for 2021 to be your old. That 2016. And I'm pretty sure that the, the Satan costume that they used was the one from... Uh, uh, what's the one where Tom Cruise is in the green tights? Legend. 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 It's definitely that inspired. The uh, yeah, What's the name of that? Uh, he's not named Satan. He has a specific name. Yeah. It's a scary but, fucking thing. But it's thing. pretty funny. Tim, Tim Curry. They have a bust of that at the Halloween Horror Makeup Show, like the, the Q area at Universal Studios. It's fucking crazy looking. Um, They're like, this movie's for kids. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey, Fifty Shades Darker, Fifty Shades Freed. Remember these movies? Vaguely. We saw one of them. Jamie Dornan played Christian Grey, the BDSM. Bland white guy. Loving. Bland white guy. Bland white guy. Uh, here is a quote about him reading some bad reviews. I went through a bad stage with Fifty Shades of reading a couple of really bad ones, but then just finding them funny and letting them drive me. One of them was, Jamie Dornan has the charisma of oatmeal, mm-hmm. which... Some people like oatmeal, so I thought it was kind of harsh. I think he means in terms of oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember that stuck with me, and I don't entirely disagree with it either. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's no Robbie Pattinson. You know, he, I don't think he's going to bounce back from this shit trilogy. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take the right role for me to be like, oh, yeah, gee, well, maybe this guy is all right. Put him in Charlie Hunnam in a two-hander and, and, and watch. I'll, and I'll forget the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and watch me just walk right by right by that auditorium. <laughs> just whistling the whole way. It's like, bland white guy I don't care about. Bland white guy I don't care about. Guess what? I don't care about this movie. Whoa, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> um... Oh, this article does pull out uh, some of the HBO Max movies that you can expect to come out next year include Tom and Jerry. Have you seen that trailer? I have. Oh, boy. Yeah, and it's not... Mm. Well, I guess it's for kids, right? I mean, yes. The King's Man is oh, that, supposed to come that, out. That's finally going to come out? Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, it a Washington thriller called The Little Things. Um... The Tom and Jerry movie is March. Oh, Judas and the Black Messiah doesn't have a release date, but that's supposed to be 2021. Godzilla v. Kong is coming out sometime next year. And, oh, King's Man is February. There's a a musical that I'm sure some people are going to like. Everyone's talking about Jamie. And, uh, yep, yep, yep. Those are all stuff coming out streaming in 2021. Uh, where do we got that? Oh, Army Hammer. It's got that hammer. Mm-hmm. It's got those big old balls that had CG out of it. <laughs> yep. CG out of shorts. <laughs> um, CBS All Access got shut down, being turned into Paramount Plus because okay. it's owned by CBS yeah. Viacom, all owned by Viacom. Uh, so they're rebranding, remarketing themselves. They're doing the thing where they're gonna make like. They're going to try to make a movie a week. They're doing their own movie a week okay. for, for yeah. their service. And they are doing a show called The Offer. And it's about the making of The Godfather. And Army oh. Hammer has been cast in it. Interesting. Deadline reports that Hammer has been cast as Al Ruddy in a 10-episode limited event series. That will be one of the signature shows of Paramount+. Plus. I mean, there's no way in hell I'm paying for the streaming service, but, you know, I eventually, know. maybe, like, somehow. God, like, God, 
Damn, it's another streaming service. It's ridiculous. I mean, I knew it would happen eventually. Once streaming got hot enough, everybody would have to throw their fucking hat in. If they want to survive, either do that, they have to work with someone else. And Mm -hmm. some of these people do have, like Paramount has a deal with some other uh, services to have some of their library, but then they have to come up with their own stuff. Uh, Did I pull this as its own story? Yes, I did, actually. Um, Yeah, because they always got to come up with shit. Pluto TV. Mm-hmm. They debuted the Price is Right, uh, the Barker Years oh, really? channel. Yes, twenty four hours. Yeah, old school Price Rights. Yeah, uh, and we're talking. When I put it on, I watched a couple episodes from about eighty two. Uh, I was trying to read the the Roman numeral yeah. thing at the end, and uh, it's crazy. First off, seeing Bob Barker like thirty years younger, still old. Yeah. <laughs> still old. still old man 30 years younger uh, but way hornier oh yeah man he was horny and spry yeah that little more pep in his step that's for sure more pep in his step and also the thing where uh, producers have gotten more savvy with who they allow to be contestants find no. people more camera ready so like this one black lady uh, she came down to contestants row and the whole time she was like what? <laughs> What's happening? Two hundred dollars. I won. Because I want to say it really slowly. Uh, like here's here's your prize, and she's like, eh. <laughs> like not happy yeah. about it. Um, she wins. She wins a showcase. She won everything, all the way up to the very end. Until like, until the eh. yeah, uh, the whole time she's like, eh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like they had to walk her through it. It was pretty funny. Uh, it's definitely something worth. It's like that. The Bob Ross channel or a couple of things that are easy. Let me just put something on so it's in the background and it's calming while I do something else. You know? mm-hmm. So that's out there, people. Um, also, something that's calming for some people, Hellraiser. <laughs> okay. Some people just like to put on some p- pinhead and yeah. relax yeah. and watch people get torn apart by hooks. Um, the rights to Hellraiser are going to revert to Clive Barker at the end of 2021. Okay. Yep. So uh, as long as he's alive by then, expect some OG Hellraiser shit. In the upcoming years, which could be fun. Yeah, maybe. It could be good. It could be good. Speaking of um, the, uh, what's that thing? The lament configuration and and death and destruction and all that. Uh, Rest in peace, Quibi. (laughs) (laughs) Took long enough. The Cenobites came for Quibi and took them after seven months, Jersey Cogburn. Quibi is officially dead. Um, I mean, on, they, they didn't even last as long as Moopy Pass. No, Moopy. Oh, Moopy Pass. <laughs> Moopy Pass crushed them in terms of longevity. Um, and I don't think they spent as much money. Jeffrey Katzenberg spent 100... No, excuse me. $1.75 billion oh, on Quibi. Oh, that's... Uh, that's uh, that hurts. That is brutal. In October, they announced that they decided to shut down. And as of now, the app is still on your phone. But if you try to log in, you'll get an error message. No. And you can't get any access to any of the content. No. Uh, I'm sure eventually somehow they'll string that content together into actual long form something that they can throw on. They will, they will find a way to repackage, remarket all that crap somehow. A lot of it will probably just be like, let's stitch it all together and release 30 minutes here, an hour there, instead of this dumb. T- what a dumb idea. Like, I'm in line at the bank. Oh, let me watch 10 minutes of a Sam Raimi horror show. Like, no! no that's what Instagram is for. I'm going to scroll through Twitter <laughs> for five minutes. I'm like, I'm watch a show so stupid it's really stupid i mean it's like people who don't know what people want like they don't know what people want like we're gonna tell you what you want you want quick bites no i don't no i don't 
You're wrong about that. You're so wrong about that. I want to watch the assassination of Jesse James by the Colorado. It takes me longer to say the <laughs> name of that movie than this for you to fucking give me a quick bite. Um, Variety put out a fun little thing here, a little list of uh, 13 things. Let me see. Scroll back to the top. 13 TV networks that pulled the Quibi. Okay. All right. So let's see if you know about any of these. I know about some, some I don't. Because some of them go back in time a bit. Uh, the Cable Music Channel lasted for one month. Cable Music Channel. Yes, in 1984. It was from Turner, Ted Turner. He, okay. CNN, the Cable News yeah. Network, was a success. He saw MTV. He was like, we can do that. No, cable yeah. Music Channel. One month later, shut it down. Not even a month, Drew. What the fuck? They were like, this is bad. October 84 to November 84. <laughs> How about the Ha TV Comedy Network? That's for a full year. Uh, in 1990, both MTV Networks and Time Inc. launched competing comedy channels. So this is uh, the one that lost to the comedy yeah. channel. Comedy Central. Comedy Central, essentially. Um, CBS Cable in 1981. CBS just had, had a straight-up cable, oh, okay. their own cable network. Uh, had it for a year and fell apart. Yep. We got... Um, the satellite news channel for one year and four months, 82 to 83. And it was like an early version of CNN. This is much more recent in 2016. It lasted for almost two years. CISO. I remember hearing about it. Remember hearing about it, right? But no one had CISO. CISO is NBC universal's comedy streaming app. And they made big news when they signed exclusive rights to have Monty Python and Kids in the Hall when they launched. That was their big sell. Like, we well, yeah, Monty yeah. Python and Kids in the Hall. And people were like, eh. <laughs> like, I like those, but am I going to really buy a whole new thing for that? Nope. Uh, so they were, it was just comedy was what their universal app was. And that's where, like, some of the stuff they produce is actually pretty good. Um, they also had, like, SNL and shit like that. Yeah. Here you go. Original series, Harmon Quest. Uh... Hit in America with Jonah Ray, Take My Wife, Bajillion Dollar Properties, which I've talked about on the show before, Night Train with Wyatt Cenac, uh, an Olivia Coleman show called Flowers. It's all like quality yeah. stuff, but no one was buying. So they shut it down. Uh, oh, they're back with Peacock. America's Talking is from the mid-90s, and it's a uh, sort of a... It's a precursor to MSNBC. Oh, okay. So talking heads. Talking news heads. Pivot TV. This is from 2013. Two years and two months this thing lasted. It was, uh, this is absurd, a channel for millennials focused on making the world a better place. That is way vague. Right? Um, 300 hours of original programming in its first year included night live nightly talk show called Take Part Live, the U.S. run of an Australian scripted series called Please Like Me, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's show Hit Record on TV. Okay. Yeah, it sounds bad, bad. Al Jazeera America lasted two years. Their, um, their American equivalent uh, news cable network. Okay, I didn't know they had. Yeah, they had it briefly. It was good, too. It was good, but no one gave it a chance because they were like, Al Jazeera, get out of no, here. I mean, I still watch, I watch Al Jazeera on YouTube in the morning. It's good. It's, like, it's just it's well balanced world news. It's just as long as they're not talking about Qatar and oil, yeah. you can believe them. <laughs> Other than that, you got to know where the biases are. Yeah, that's their bias. Otherwise, you're good to go. Um, Festival was around for two years and eight months, and this was a uh, pay TV series. Was was what is even this thing? 
Oh, it's a spinoff of HBO. Family friendly fair. Thumbs mm-hmm. down. Um, three net. Nope. Is a 3D channel from 2011. Mm, so it was all 3D stuff. Yeah, for 3D TV sets. Remember people who bought those? Oh, our DLP was 3D ready. And it had oh, those glasses right. too. Sorry, we never used that. No. Function, never. Not once. Nope. Never even turned it on. They could have been a lie for all we know. Yeah. They could have been lying to us. No, they could have. The Esquire network was around for three years and nine months. I vaguely remember that. It was um, what happened. Here we go. This is a nice little summary. Esquire was born in 2013. The company, NBC Universal, shut down G4. Yeah. They changed it to Style, and then they changed it to Esquire. No, they changed the Style Network to Esquire. Yeah. That's what happened. Uh, Planet Green was around for almost four years. It was another mm-hmm. Discovery Channel uh, in the from 2008. Obviously about, you know, being green. Yeah. Fox Reality Channel. Almost five nope. years in 2005, obviously showing you know all yeah, the Fox all, stuff. all the stuff that I wasn't watching. American Idol and all the other shit. And there we go. Those are all your failed networks that now Quibi has joined the ranks of. The yep. most expensive and mar- uh, most marketed one of all of them. How sad. Speaking of Aubrey Plaza, again, mm-hmm. uh, her and Jason Statham will be in a new Guy Ritchie thriller. Ooh. That'd be fun. I'm down for that. That works for me. And uh, that's all the news I have on it. That's it. We okay. Have, we have, we don't we have title. We, we, have plot, we have nope. nothing else. Discovery drew. Oh, thank God. A new streaming service. <laughs> uh, the imaginatively smartly titled Discovery Plus. <laughs> well, uh, actually have the largest ever content library for a new service at launch. It will feature over 55,000 episodes from over 2,500 shows from Mm -hmm. across Discovery, HGTV, Food Network, TLC, ID, OWN, Travel Channel, and Animal Planet, not to mention any History Channel, Lifetime, BBC's Natural History Collection. All that stuff, Drew Sir Cogburn, will be available to you for... Four ninety nine a month, or six ninety nine if you want to go ad free. They even charge you to watch ads. You're Cogburn. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. I mean, I like the History Channel, and I like educating myself and things of that nature, but not for that price. And there's already plenty of that stuff out there. You don't need a whole other damn service for no. it. That shit's crazy. Um. Vigo Mortensen is uh, in this new movie that's on Amazon called Frank, in which he plays a gay man. So naturally, people are questioning, why is this Vigo Mortensen playing a gay man? Is he gay? I don't think he's gay. Vigo. So what if he is? Well, he has an interesting... Well, that's the thing. What if he... No, if he is, then they'd be happy. Oh, okay. If he was gay and he's playing a gay man, then everyone, oh, okay, good, that's fine. But they're questioning it because of his heterosexuality. Okay. Now, Vigo has the most nuanced and best response to that argument that I've seen in terms of, like, not just kowtowing to it or, you know, not just admitting that, oh, yeah, maybe these roles of gay people should be going to gay actors because they're already not getting enough of a shake. Um, But he says, look, this is Vigo, these are the times we're living in, and I think it's healthy that those issues are brought up. The short answer is, I don't think it's a problem. And then people ask me, well... What about Terry Chen, who plays my husband in the film? Is he homosexual? And the answer is, I don't know. 
And I would never have the temerity to ask someone if they were during the casting process. How do you know what my life is? You're assuming that I'm completely straight. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. And it's frankly none of your business. End quote. Remember, this is coming from a guy who's a poet. He's a art. He's a painter. He's a sculptor. Uh, he's a very Renaissance man. We go enjoys the company of a man once in a while. I bet uh, you. I'm sure he has. I bet you he does. And uh, and he's like. Um, so what, like, how, why do we have to have a, uh, like a sexuality scale to cast roles? Like, how gay do I have to be to play the role of this gay man? And, you know, and yeah. it, it does all come down to representation and all that stuff. And it's a, it's a sticky situation. But it does make sense, though. Like, we don't know if he goes better behaviors. We well, know what he does. Well, here's my thing. Like, he might have experimented I mean, or had a we, phase. If or, we only have gay guys playing gay roles right. is, is that acting anymore well if he's a poor gay man but he's acting as a gay rich man then yes he's acting I'm acting to be rich <laughs> I mean now it's just reality TV it's, <laughs> yes it's tough acting what is acting uh, when we have acting when the you know I'm acting as another race or another type of, and then it's like whoa all of a sudden it's cultural appropriation like now you got John Wayne playing Genghis Khan I don't think that's supposed to be <laughs> I don't think that's historically accurate um, yeah you know that's the thing when, when, if all things were equal and it was a meritocracy and everyone had an equal chance at all the roles then yes it wouldn't matter it shouldn't matter if you fit every characteristic of that role you should be able to put on a wig and act that's the point of acting but when that comes at the expense of like people even having those opportunities to play the few roles that would fit those characteristics you know even amputees are like why can't I I act (laughs) let me go to that amputee role (laughs) yeah you're gonna go through all this green screen stuff and all these digital effects you can just motherfucker I don't have legs I don't have legs (laughs) just hire me (laughs) (laughs) fucking I can be your lieutenant Dan it's easier to put me on stilts and wear jeans than it is for you to CG out this guy's fucking legs. Lieutenant Diane. Yeah, Dan. but can he, Gary Sinise, man. Yeah, but you're not Gary Sinise. <laughs> you were in Of Mice and Men, uh, mysterious legless guy. How'd you get into this meeting? Get him out of here. That's him wheeling himself out. Very sad. Very, very sad. Uh, oh, this news broke. Pretty cool news as we wrap up this episode here. Metal Gear Solid, you ever play that? Play yeah. a lot of that? Uh, no, never played it, but I did hear this news. Uh, Oscar Isaac, now looking at uh, going to be the Snake. lead. Solid Snake. Jordan Vote Roberts has been developing this for a couple of years. His last movie being Kong Skull Island. Uh, interesting choice, I think. He even met with Hideo Kojima and has talked to him about uh, making movie and stuff. So, you know, I got like a pretty, um, even though it's a video game movie. All bad, right? What are the best ones? Assassin's Creed? Come on. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that newer Tomb Raider, which I never saw with the, Alicia the newer, Vikander. The newer Tomb Raider was close was to co- being It's almost good. there, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's like, we're getting there. Could this one be the one to do it, maybe? Who knows? Maybe. I mean, in all reality, if you want to make a good video game movie, just make a good crime thriller and throw Grand Theft Auto on the title. Oh, there you go. And you're done. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just that easy. <laughs> you find something vague enough that you can just make a good movie and then like swap out a couple of names or a couple of Easter eggs for people yeah. and then tell them to shut the fuck up and just watch this movie, this movie that I made for you. Yeah. Um, it's like, man, this Grand Theft Auto movie is amazing. Yeah, it's called Heat. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just remade Heat again. We remade Dark Knight, but we took off the costumes. <laughs> exactly. 
I mean, the, the, the funny thing is, like, the Grand Theft Auto series was directly influenced by all of those movies to begin with. That's true, so. too. Yeah, it's all cyclical. comes right back around. Um, yeah, just make a Western called Red Dead Redemption. Done. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. Uh, here we go. Final story. Um, rest in peace. Hugh Keys Byrne passed away at the age of 73. He played the toe cutter in Mad Max oh. and uh, came back to play uh, Immortan Joe in Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, he passed away very recently. Uh, and- I was about to say thought you were going to say he passed away during that Max Free Row when he got his jaw ripped off. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> he got his face ripped off. That was fucking wild. Uh, here is George Miller on uh, Hugh Keysburn. He was the glue that held the first Mad Max movie together. At first, I found him formidable to the point of being scary because he was so much into the role. The truth is, he's a warm and sweet person and so embracing of everybody. I learned acting from him probably more than anyone else that I worked with. And he also said that um, they're going to find a way to... Because with the Furiosa prequel, they're going to find a way to, like, honor Hugh Key's burn in there somehow. Wouldn't be surprised just, like, superimposing his eyes on something yeah. like that uh, in the background. Some Something really arty. Uh, because it's a prequel. Anya Taylor-Joy is young Furiosa. Chris Hemsworth rumored to be young Morton Joe. So we'll see how, uh, how they work that in there. But anyway, that's it. That's your Furiosa update, Mad Max update. And that's the end of the episode. Cool. We're done. Bueno. We, we did it. We made it. Esta bueno. And uh, that's it. So we'll be back 414 next week. Jurassic yeah, Park. And uh, thank you very much, sir. You're welcome, and sir. You are welcome, listeners, for this week's show. We'll be back soon with more. Sign up for the Patreon. Hit us up on social medias. And you have yourself a, a good day. Adios. A PFT Media Production.